0: Welcome to the Men of Character Podcast, with your host, Bill Maser.
1: You know, if you take people and you expose them voluntarily to things that they are avoiding and are afraid of, you know, that they know they need to overcome in order to meet their goals, their self-defined goals. If you can teach people to stand up in the face of the things they're afraid of, they get stronger. What the upper limits to that are, because you might ask yourself, like, if for 10 years if you didn't avoid doing what you knew you needed to do, by your own definitions, right, within the value structure that you've created to the degree that you've done that, what would you be like? 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 Okay, welcome everybody back to the Men of Character Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Bill Maser. Uh, founder of Men of Character. Today I've got, very excited to have Akira the Don uh, with us. He's a world-renowned DJ, musician, and producer. Um, most recently, the way that I found him is he's worked on what is called the meaning wave genre of, of music here, which is a spoken word with like trance-like beats, uh, including the words of Jacko Willinick, Jordan Peterson, uh, Naval Ravikant, and many more. He's garnered himself millions of streams across YouTube, uh, Spotify, iTunes. That's how I found him, uh, well, through Twitter and then through um, him becoming a regular on my Spotify playlist. So welcome, here thank you for, for taking the time, brother.
0: Hey, thank you, G. Shout out to Twitter. Twitter does seem like an awful waste of time sometimes, but it actually can be useful.
1: That's true, you gotta make it useful, though. <clears throat> the That's default. time yeah
0: (laughs) that's right it really is I mean Twitter I treat Twitter like a dojo Uh for uh, for building the skill of not reacting to stuff
1: that's true that's actually very true even what's interesting too when you when you gain a following and then you get you know more people and you get more of the crazy responses it really does give you a nice study in like human psychology and
0: (laughs) yeah, it is. It's like a big factor of DJing is being able to read the room, as they call uh-huh. it. Like you kind of look out at the crowd and you work out what's gonna work best for them and how best you can take them on a journey and this, that, and the other, and what sort of people they are, what they're gonna respond to, and like, you can, Twitter's really good for that. Like reading the Twitter room and uh, for good or ill, because you That's know right. sometimes you like, damn, damn i thought but, better of you humanity and then other times it's the opposite <laughs> other times you're like yeah well yeah,
1: i i think that beautiful what i wanted to talk about and I, I tried to listen to a couple of your interviews that you've done with logo centrifugal who's a who's definitely a friend of mine and he interviewed you and jordan peterson obviously yeah i wanted to focus on this which i think is related right you're what i like about your music so i'm a hip-hop fan and i feel like you know you but, see, I, I listened to hip-hop from the 90s. I'm 36 years old. So, my job, my, you know, I was listening to Nas and Biggie and Wu-Tang. That was my, yeah, exactly. But I feel like you, I've I thought in the last couple of years, I'm like, if somebody makes, like, self-improvement with hip-hop, like, I would listen. And then I came, <laughs> then I came across your work, and I was like, boom, done it's a wrap. But, <laughs> I really feel like you're, and I, and I think I saw a quote of yours where you said that your goal is to raise the, the and I'm paraphrasing you so you can correct me if I'm wrong, but to raise like the mass consciousness of, of, of society. But I really think that's true. If you think of right, like a, a lot of the music that's popular today, it's just at this very low frequency. Um, so is that like really what your, your, your goals are when you are when you're creating music?
0: Yeah, well, uh, music is an incredibly powerful delivery system for ideas and knowledge, and I worked this out pretty early when I was 15. My revision consisted exclusively of reading my notes over ambient instrumentals and playing them when I went to sleep. And I did really well. Uh, And that's the only revision I did was doing that, so I was like, okay, so. Attaching music to words very obviously burrows it into the person. Um, Yeah, so a lot of the early meaning wave experiments was me trying to imprint myself with stuff, Uh you know, and then I was like, holy shit This could work on a kind of like mass scale. It's like, you know, like I said, you know, I DJ I'm out there observing how things affect people and you can really see like the emotional response from stuff in real time So I was like, and I'm not one of these people who hates on modern musical, thinks mumble rap is dumb and stuff. I like lots of that stuff. And I think it's as valuable a part of the world as anything. You just, uh, but, and I've said this before, but the experience of the teenager makes up like 95% of lyrical content of music. And uh, the teenager that makes up like 5% of the life experience, particularly now as we're all living longer and longer and longer. It's like, so the stuff you hear in pop songs on the radio, that's talking about like 5% of your life, uh-huh. you know? And there's this whole other part. Uh, so I wanted to make music that, that talked about that stuff and not only talked about that stuff, but that would help people to become the optimal versions of themselves. And so that they could, they could program themselves into being the best versions of themselves via the messages of super smart people who've thought about these issues for decades and decades and decades. Someone like Naval Ravikant has been thinking about these problems for decades. Someone like Jordan Peterson has been thinking about these specific problems for decades. Someone like Alan Watts, and they've all been thinking about them from different perspectives. You know, they're thinking about a lot of the same issues that are very relevant to all of us, but they've been thinking about them from different sides of the room. And when you bring them all together, then you get this amazing 3D, 5D perspective on everything. And, and uh, if you copy it with music, then you can, hit, you, you can hypnotize and program yourself with that yeah. stuff, you know? Because you're gonna get programmed anyway. <laughs> you know, So you might as well program yourself with stuff that you want, because it's happening whether you like it or not. It's like Scott yeah. Adams, the way he talks about persuasion, it's like you're being persuaded and you're persuading at all times, whether you realize it or not. So it's much better to be doing that consciously and deliberately to create something that you want to create that's useful. So that's part of what I'm doing.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think I definitely, as soon as I heard it, that that's, that's what was understood. And um, I think for, you know, for people that listen to this podcast or follow me, like, that resonates with with what my goal is, right? Just to become the best version of myself. And one of, the, one of the things I mentioned to you right before we started this was like the ebook that I wrote, I gave myself a month to write. I was expecting to do like 70, 100 pages up, uh, of this book. And I, I think I literally wrote probably 90% of the book listening to mainly Jordan Peterson. I know why, I know everyone, I'd heard on other podcasts that a lot of people like the Jacko songs but I really like the Jordan Peterson stuff, but it just felt like I can almost sense that you were in a flow. Like, I don't know. You just you've done a marvelous job of like taking the spoken word and just mixing it in. You're right. It does feel like like programming.
0: (laughs) Yeah, good programming. Yeah, exactly. It's like conscious programming, deliberate programming. It's all programming. That's why they call it TV programming. It is programming. Radio programming is programming, but it's like we live in this miraculous age now where you can choose your own programming.
1: that's right
0: yeah like, some of are you do. still
1: like choosing the the default stuff but then when you start to explore a little out and you start to create your own that's where it gets really we like really interesting with, with. You know, once
0: you've done it you can't go back that's right you know once you've once you've dipped the proverbial leg in the ocean of glory that is self programming you can't go back it's like you try watch terrestrial TV after you've kind of like unplugged from that for a bit. And it's just creepy and weird and horrible. And, just and it doesn't, it just does, it just goes at you. And it feels very invasive and creepy. And it's just, you just that, can't go back.
1: You know what I've been, I've been reading recently. I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but I've been reading recently about like, so there's two books that really have blown my mind a little bit and maybe you're familiar with them. One is by David Hawkins. He has a well, he has a bunch of books, but one, the last one I read was Letting Go. And then the other one, um, different author, I forget his name, I think it's Frederick Dobson, but it's called The Levels of Energy. So it's right. basically the, the theory behind both of them, they're, they're slightly different, but they're based, the, the 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 tenets are the same. It's basically that there's, there's levels, there's actual scientific, and I don't know how they measure it exactly, levels of conscious energy in society. Mm-hmm. And so like, Basically, anything below two hundred is driven by fear, and that's we're as a as an as, as an average, people actually like the average number that most people are at is around two hundred. Like we're basically, most people are driven by fear. We're a little below two hundred, hmm. and then um, you go above that, and you're you're driven by love, like it's no. the switch, and then the scale goes all the way to like a thousand or eight hundred, depends on which one you follow. Um, if you go by that scale right like television comes in at like 190 yeah and so then he talks about and this is frederick dobson i was listening to this um on, over the weekend he talks about how the internet comes in at 260. so it's mm-hmm. like the interesting part that i thought about all this is like the new forms of media like as, as civilization advances the new forms of media are actually like a baseline of conscious energy of the people mm-hmm. and i really think what you're doing is like I don't know what number. I, I'd be fascinated to see <laughs> that guy come in and rate your music with the words and the beat. You're probably coming in in the 400, 500 range. i bet. I bet you anything. Yo, it's um, defi-
0: yeah, we have some galaxy brain.
1: That's right. Activities. But he, ma- oh, he yeah. mentions that with, with people over 200 that they can like listen to the news and be, you know, instead of somebody under 200 who's like fascinated and gay, they want to hear more. Somebody over 200 is like, disgusted or they, their mood changes and they just avoid it.
0: Um, yeah. And once you've done that, you can't go back under. That's what's interesting about it. And that's what's powerful about what's going on with Generation Z. It's like you've got a whole generation that, if we were looking at in that thing, is above 200. And you can't go back down. You just can't nope. do it. Uh, and then, So then what do you do with these people? You have to try and control things in other ways and you try and have to. But yeah, it's the genie is out of the bottle. In that regard, and uh, as Rand, the great Randy from South Park said, you know, once you've had, uh, what do you say, like Japanese tentacle fawn or whatever, you can't go back to hustler. You can't go back to hustler. You can never go back to hustler. <laughs> that's
1: and, uh, once you know better, you're done.
0: Yeah, you can't go back to hustler, man. And that's what's going on. That's what's going on with society. Can't go back to hustler. And that's why they're all freaking out. And that's why um, the CNNs of the world are getting so crazed and desperate and lunatic you can't go back to hustling and they are hustling
1: you feel you feel like you're creating your your own culture yeah right? because you do you even have like competitors like do you because no. I'm, I'm searching because I want I want more you do you have no, no competitors
0: no no not yet I mean uh, it will happen and it's starting to happen I'm starting people are writing to me and they're like oh I'm inspired by what you're doing so I'm making this I get that letters every day from Uh, You know producers on Instagram being like oh my god, this is an amazing idea I was like been trying to find rappers to work with but they're all stupid and annoying and it's like oh I don't have to do that now So, you know this this is a thing that will definitely be growing Um, But what I'm doing is is unique to me uh, as Naval Elocuted so eloquently uh, No one can compete with you on being you so if you're being you Completely, no one can compete with you on that shit. You ain't got to worry. As you're saying, much of what goes on is driven by fear, and a lot of what goes on in music is driven by fear. And people are afraid of losing their spot. They're afraid of people taking their ideas. They're afraid of people uh, casting them out of the industry or not being there. 's much of what goes on in the music industry is fear driven. So if you remove yourself from that, hey, what's up, mate? Hi, Wife. Wife has just come in with a piece of paper. Hey, Wife. Thanks. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you for that piece of paper. Yes. Indeed. Um, where were we? You were yeah. saying
1: that much of the music is driven by, by fear. Yeah,
0: it is. So, you know, and that's why uh, otherwise seemingly more intelligent people are doing dumb stuff and saying dumb stuff is because they're, they're afraid that if they don't, they'll be rejected and, and uh, cast out. Lots of what's going on these days is people being afraid of being cast out. Uh, it was the Romans who had that as a punishment, right? What did they call it?
1: Uh-huh. I don't know. They had a so word for that.
0: One of their particular punishments was you'd be cast out of society, uh-huh. and they'd kick you out. But exile was it? Was, the, it? was it exile? Maybe it was exile. Because what was it, what's interesting about it compared to now? You could do some particularly heinous stuff, uh-huh. and so the punishment would be to cast you out of society for a period be like three years then you get to come back and maybe hopefully you've learned your lesson what's interesting about what's going on now is that uh, the kind of uh, the authoritarian sort of social justice lots are creating this kind of kangaroo court online trial system and you're not you and so you're cast out you're cancelled you know if you said the wrong thing then you're cancelled Kanye is cancelled (laughs) <laughs> rub, 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 canceled. But what canceled means that's like you're cast out, but forever. Yeah. And forever and ever and ever. There's no chance of being brought back in or atonement or anything like that. It's like if you've done something they deem wrong, you are done forever. And that's basically death. That's like a death sentence.
1: But do you think that they could, they, they'd be able to like do that to,
0: to you? No, you can't. That's what I don't even think think. they can
1: do that. Like, I wouldn't listen to those people.
0: No, but this (laughs) is listening
1: to your streams,
0: (laughs) but that's because I'm not in the music industry, I'm in my own industry. Uh huh. I created Meaning Wave.
1: You're just using the tools that these new tools that are available to you,
0: they're available to everyone. So, I create the Meaning Wave universe. So, Meaning Wave is my brand, and that's what I do, and that's what I make, and that's my thing. And I have the Meaning Wave universe, and I have a story, and it's you know, this thing is going to lead to this thing. And I, I think of it kind of like the MCU. I have like phases and goals and stories and things to get to. And to get to that thing over there, first we need to do this so that we can understand that later on and so on and so forth. So that's just my world. Uh-huh. That's what I do. So I can't be cancelled. You know, you can't. What are you going to do? He's cancelled. All right, thanks. And I carry on exactly as I was. It makes no fucking difference whatsoever. So I would, I quite, I think cancel culture is a useful blip in our journey towards being the greatest version of ourselves as a society, because what it does is it makes people go, well, oh, shit, you know, I'll get canceled if, I, if, I, if I'm in this industry or in this world. So the only way to not get canceled is to go build my own world. So everybody does that, which means everybody becomes the best version of themselves via necessity. You have to. You can't work at CNN. You get cancelled. You can't work for Marvel Comics. You might get cancelled. So you have to make your own comics. You have to make your own network or whatever it is. So then yeah, everybody gonna, goes out make there make and their does their that. Their
1: own competition, basically.
0: Yeah. You, the only thing you want to be in competition with is yourself. It's true. And then if everyone's in competition with themselves, you're just constantly fucking beating yourself and being better than you know the Peterson thing. You want to be better than you yesterday, but fuck, fuck what everyone else is doing. Don't worry about what other people are doing. Worry about you versus you yesterday.
1: Why do you think we've come so far away from that mentality? Because it feels like if you look at the early history of this country, even sort of a ragtag of individuals, right? All different. Do do you see see this as like what you're doing as like a revival of that? Of that spirit of like, I know you're not American, but even as. I feel American.
0: I mean, I've, I've, I've always felt uh, more Amer- or attracted to America because I've always felt more in line with with the American ethos than anything else. And I was always very attracted to American culture as a kid. I loved a lot of American music and American comic books and American literature and all that sort of thing. And now I live here and I always wanted to. So uh, I feel America is really important. And it's for that very reason, you know, it's based on those ideas. Like, we don't have the idea you know freedom of speech is not baked into the British uh, legal system or whatever I mean it doesn't exist anymore over there you can get arrested for telling jokes I mean literally that happens now it's happening seemingly every day I'm reading something so America is very important and uh, it's still it's still a core part of America so uh, I don't even think it's like a minority thing or whatever. And noisy people on social media try and sort of push against that, but they're not having the success they would like because it's a foundational aspect of American life. You can't just, you can't remove that in less than a generation via being noisy on Twitter. You can scare people certainly. And that has happened. You know, they've noisy, noisy, noisy puritanical weirdos on Twitter have scared a lot of people is true. But there's a big pushback going on now. And, you know, things like the Chappelle special are uh, noticeably galvanizing people in the center or in the mainstream, or whatever you want to call it, to push back against noisy authoritarian weirdos who would seek to uh, crush individuality and individual liberty and sovereignty. And that's a beautiful thing.
1: Yeah, well, it always seems to be, right, like the artist that is the last... Defense against those freedoms, right? Because they're unwilling to, <laughs> right? Like Dave Chappelle's like, no, I'm, I'm just gonna continue to say my jokes because I don't really, you can't cancel me.
0: Yeah, so really. Well, like, that's, yeah. you know, Chappelle canceled himself 10 years ago. That's true, that's you know, true. true. He said, fuck this sure shit. He, he said, but you know, he'd like, a few too many Hollywood ex- executives tried to make him put a dress on. <laughs> This is literally true. Have you, seen, have you seen that interview? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the Behind the Actors Studio interview. He famously recounts the story. of he was making his movie, I think it was half-baked. And he'd always heard rumors about, like, if you're a black guy in Hollywood, they try and make you put a dress on. He's like... And then, literally, the producers keep coming to his trailer saying, ah, Dave, we think it'd be really funny if you did this next thing, but in a dress. And he's like, ah, no. And they keep coming back, and they keep trying to make him do it. And uh, that and a bunch of other things related to that led him to go, do you know what? Fuck this thing, being famous and being in Hollywood is not very good <laughs> for me or anyone. Anyway, and he went boom and quit, but he loved comedy and he came back eventually, but he came back just as a stand-up comedian. One of the saddest things I've seen recently was uh, comedians in cars getting coffee with Jerry Seinfeld and Eddie Murphy, and Eddie Murphy, says, and this is something people like you and I have been pushing a lot via Twitter lately. It's a sort of this, this sort of meme of, uh, you know, you've got to keep doing the thing. You've got to keep flexing the muscle, otherwise it atrophies whatever the muscle is, whether it's actual exercise or ideas or creation, uh, in my case, music, you know. Eddie Murphy says that his one regret in life is letting his stand-up comedy muscle atrophy. You use those words, you said letting that muscle atrophy. He got big and famous and he stopped going to the comedy clubs and he stopped doing the little two person rooms and he stopped doing that grind of stand-up comedy and then he lost the muscle. He couldn't do it anymore. He's like shit. You know, it's a you have to keep doing these things. Gary Vee talks about the clouds and the dirt, and it's got you you want to be in the dirt continuously, because if you uh-huh. lose that, you're adrift. That's why I talk so much about how it's important to stay in touch with contemporary culture. Like, yeah, maybe 90s rap music was your favorite music, but like, uh, if you lose touch with what's going on culturally, say on a music level, you're adrift from it, it makes no sense anymore. And you'll just think it's bad because you don't understand it. So you just like, oh, mu- oh, music now is shit. Uh, which is what, what the hell is that? which is what the generation before you said about your music, you know? Every generation thinks that the music that came out yeah, when they were yeah. 13 was the best music in the world uh, just so happened to be the point where they, you know, start getting their dick sucked or whatever. Uh, <laughs> everyone thinks that just happened to be the time when music was the best. Uh huh. Everyone thinks that. And it's because people lose touch with culture when they start getting older and getting busier and doing other shit.
1: Yeah.
0: But um, I think it's, it's important to keep touch with these things.
1: You t- you touched on a point there that I wanted to dig into more, because I what I find also fascinating just observing your approach to your work is you described it as a you're on an ex- you're doing an experiment on re- how to remain in the zone. Yeah. And I so yeah what I guess it has been your how long have you been in this experiment and what have been some of those has there been any learnings or how do you have you figured out like this is how I work best and
0: oh yeah kind of, well. Wow. It's a continual, uh, you're continually refining the process. So it's a continual case of, all right, uh, is this working? Is what's, what's working? What's not working? Retool that, retool that. I've been doing it since February 2018. I started it in February 2018. And then I did a kind of major rejig on January 1st, 2019 and really escalated it. Like, two, I thought I was going hard February 2018, but then I really went extra in January. And then we're about to ramp up again. But it's a continual ramping. Up. But it's really working. I mean, how many albums have I released this year? It's crazy. It's a lot. <laughs> I think it's like 12 or something. I don't know. And yesterday I was really pleased. Sorry, last year I was really pleased with myself because I made like four or something like most most artists manage one every 3 years and you know so
1: what so what did you find out like what what are you doing what's your you have like a set routine or you is there a, yeah what's worked around well in that flow
0: the first thing is that i noticed back when i was a music journalist that most bands second albums sucked and it's like you don't have to be a music journalist to realize that either It's pretty evident, like why might that be? And it's because when people make their first albums, they tend to be in flow, whether they realize it or not, because they've been in rehearsal rooms all the time with their homies making music and writing songs, So they've just been doing that, doing that, doing that, and they make their first album, and people love it, and then the record company sends them on tour for a year, two years, and then they fall out of flow they fall out of the zone because all the stuff they were doing to get to where they were, they're suddenly not doing that anymore. They're doing something else. And then when they go back to go and try and write the album, they're not in the fucking zone anymore. They don't know what they're doing. It's, and it comes out shit, you know, um, the people who manage not to do that, I noticed tend to be some rappers have been doing it lately. Someone like Drake has been just consistent for a decade, whether you like him or not. Like, you can't argue that he's been consistently successful and his, his formula has been connecting with his fans. And uh, that's because he's been consistently releasing music just like every three months or something for 10 years. Uh, Kanye West, same thing. Both of these guys have recording studios on their tour buses. So when they're on tour, they stay making music. And also these guys both keep working with the newest people. They're both in touch with new stuff. They've Really, really kept in that world. So they've basically stayed in the zone for a decade via various means. And uh, so I wanted to do that. And I've honestly found just checking in on a daily basis will keep you there. Like you don't have to be actually say, practice of it. Yeah, say I'm like making music, right? Now I'm not necessarily making a whole song every day, although I would say I'm making music like five six days out of every seven if we were to break it down and sometimes it's i'm just doing it every day for like a month and then maybe there'll be a couple days where i'm not making music but i'm always doing something to do with it i'm always thinking about it i'm always writing down any ideas that come into my mind i'm always i'm always every day i'm doing something to do with it so that keeps you in there gotcha. uh, doing something to do with it once you're in there to stay in there is literally as simple as doing something to do with it. And then it's a case of removing friction. Uh, so you want to remove friction wherever possible. So in my case of making music, I remove friction so that if I have an idea, I can instantly get it out. Like I've got templates set up in my music software. that uh, I do things in batches. Batches is a big part of doing similar tasks together. Uh, and that will work in anything. So that keeps you in a kind of micro zone. Of the macro zone, you know, because you don't want to be jumping around from things too disparate. So you want to stay in a in a in a in a pocket, and then you can bounce from similar pockets to similar pockets, and that keeps you in the macro zone. Uh, you want to remove extraneous friction, like things in your diet. You're not, you know, you want to be you don't want to be eating stuff that makes you heavy and things of that nature. So I started. My version of the carnivore diet. Exactly the same time I started the hyper-productiv- hyperproductivity slash zone inhabitation experiment. So it's hard to tell what has had the most impact. Gotcha. But certainly, removing carbohydrates and sugar has meant that I'm just consistent. Have a very consistent energy. I'm never like heavy and overhyped and all that type of thing. Uh, if I'm hungry, I eat some steak. And if I'm thirsty, I drink some water. And I, so I'm pretty much, you know, I'm on a very similar, similar thing. Uh, yeah, so, so yeah, just, and just constant refinement. Like I would find, you know, at some points I was kind of a bit too hard and I was like, not sleeping enough, so I had to retool things to get sleep more and I wasn't spending enough time with my family at one point, so I retooled things. So that was better. Gotcha. Uh, I quit one of my DJ gigs this week, last week. Um, so I'm doing one now I was doing like five at one point, uh, I'm doing one now and that way I can focus on the music and I can get it, I can get up at the same time as my family and we can be in the same world properly. Uh, and then once a week I can go to the club and do that thing and try that out. So I can stay in the zone of that by keeping that regular and keeping that disciplined. Uh, but yeah, cause I got to the point where I was like going to sleep at five o'clock every night yeah so let's pull that back but yeah anyway it's just basically a constant refinement refinement process but the main thing has been uh, yeah get in the zone and then stay there via dipping in every day and removing friction wherever there is friction and just keep refining that and refining that and refining that and it just gets better and better and it kind of drips into every aspect of your life Uh, the synchronicities thing is a big part of it
1: so what does that, what does that entail?
0: Well, you just start noticing synchronicities and I've learned to realize that they are signposts and to treat them as signposts.
1: That you're on the right track, basically. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Because one part of the whole thing is you want to be, you don't want to be you can't be questioning yourself and questioning what you're doing, you got to keep moving. Because the second you start questioning things, then you'll start to fall out of flow. So you've got to just, you've got to uh, keep moving like shark, just constantly. So I found that synchronicities tend to be signposts that so you use those as signposts and just keep moving in the direction. And the, what, what's the, a,
1: what's an example of one, is there one story behind like a track where you were like,
0: Oh, there's tons. It happens all the time. There was one. And so this, the new JB, the new Peterson records coming out on September 29th. Nice. And that was quite a difficult process for various reasons. That was one of the harder ones.
1: Uh-huh. But I kept
0: pushing through and kept doing it and then I was rewarded with some really ridiculous stuff. One track, for example, uh, the, this, the vocal was taken from him in a classroom teaching a class. And uh, at one point, a girl laughs. And in compressing the, compressing the vocal, compression is a thing you do in audio. It makes the loud things a little quieter and the quiet things a bit louder. It makes it, gives you more consistent. Audio. Uh, so a girl laughed uh-huh. and it really came quite loud in the mix, and I didn't notice until later on in the process. Her laugh was entirely musical and entirely in key with the song to a ridiculous degree, and it created this whole extra, really good, really strong melody uh-huh. that I put in the chorus, and it made the song like 100% that's. It was ridiculous. It just really leveled up the whole thing. So this girl just laughed and was like, ah, "She said, laughed like that." There's this almost Michael Jackson thing, and uh-huh. it was perfectly in key with the song. If you've got like the world, if you've got Stevie Wonder to sit down and say, "All right, play a hook that would be the chorus over this existing melody," that's what he would have done. Uh-huh. And that was just given to me. It's shit like that happens all the time, and like then. And then you just have weird things like weird little numerology things pop up for whatever reason. I really haven't looked into it. Uh, I've just been getting sequences of four all week for whatever reason. And I mentioned I mentioned this yesterday during the podcast, and then someone pointed out that the podcast number was four four, which I hadn't realized, Uh, and that my subscriber count on YouTube had literally just hit forty four thousand four
1: hundred and forty four. Oh, that's weird.
0: As I said that, and then someone else goes, oh, shit, look at the time. And it was 4.44 p.m. PST where I'm recording, which is ridiculous. Wow. Just absolutely, you know, and shit like that just happens all the time to the point where you just, it just becomes very, very yeah, I was
1: checking the time right now. We're at 4.35, so we were... <laughs> 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 A couple minutes off. Know. Yeah.
0: you know, What about um, your...
1: Your environment, because you're. I think I see palm trees out your window. There is that an important part of your.
0: Yeah, well, here's the thing, guys.
1: The, just...
0: the reason I live in in Los Angeles, yeah, is uh, because I was reading a Charles Bukowski short story, and uh, I think he'd been to an orgy or something, and uh, I think he got robbed at the orgy, and he went home and. You, at least he had a bottle of booze left, so he drank his bottle of booze and went to bed. Woke up at noon, got up, took a piss, went back to bed. Life is as kind as you let it be, he said. And I thought, well shit, Charles Bukowski, you're right. Life is as kind as you let it be. And I'd been, uh, I'd been to LA quite recently, and it was really nice, and everyone's really nice to me, and it's sunny every day, and you wake up, and it's beautiful. And uh-huh. You're just starting from a from an advantageous point, a point of victory every day. And yeah. I was in London, and every day I woke up and it was pissing down with rain. And everyone was angry and miserable, and it was expensive, and, and just like, just constantly, like you're banging your head against the wall. I was like, well, life is as kind as you let it be, isn't it? I should move to Los Angeles and make life kinder. So I did. And, you uh, feel
1: like your your music has been, like, has the, the same energy has transferred into the yeah. music?
0: Yeah, definitely. But it's like, yeah, your environment is obviously very important as, as the good Dr. Peterson points out. Your uh, room is an externalization of your mind Yeah, and your environment works in that fashion also. And it really fucking does. It just really, really does. It's, it's, it's undeniable. So, and again, but this is part of what I was saying about, you know, reducing friction. So having a tidy room says with, with his, Wife's messy desk behind <laughs> him um, is a re- reduction of friction. And I find this, you know, I get really deep into making an album, my studio starts getting messy and stuff, and I'll be like, oh shit, I'll take a couple of hours, clean it up, fix it up, and then everything. Okay. And everything starts flowing way better. Like I'll be in the middle of making a record and it'll start getting a bit difficult. If I then clean the studio, literally, this always happens, it suddenly gets really easy again. It's just. Uh, yeah, so environment seems to play a big part in this thing. I think it's just honestly, it's reduction of friction everywhere possible. And, uh, you know, that's where discipline comes in, because discipline in itself is a reduction of friction, a reduction of chaos, a reduction of mess. So the more disciplined you can have, the easier these things get,
1: annoyingly. So I I feel like you're, I don't know, I'm really excited about the fact that you have the inside scoop, they have another Jordan Peterson album. I, I can't wait to hear it. But I feel like you're you've got your I don't know. It's amazing the like the the ownership of the niche that you're in that you have. Like this is going to be an interesting year for you. I, I guess what are your what are your plans moving forward? It, is it just to pump out more albums, or you got is there some curveball in there that you're ready to throw at the? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, you know, uh, the idea is to take this to stadiums.
1: Nice, uh, just one was... Peterson <laughs> track flow into 80,000.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, we're out here trying to be useful.
1: You know what? Like, you got a tour with Peterson now. That I think about it. You should just do yeah. that, like, hey, man. Bring me on your tour, I'll you know, open for you. We'll run.
0: <laughs> oh, shit! I mean, he can come and open for me one day, and it'll be beautiful. <laughs> And uh, That's
1: true. That's true. This, this
0: uh, scale is different. Honestly, the way I think about it is that, yeah, this is this is a a really powerful and useful thing uh, that we're going to get to as many people as possible. And you know, we all have potential to be incredible. We've all got greatness and glory within us. And this is one way of getting there faster. And it's one way of getting us all there faster. And I think about it's such a it's interesting how that movie is so overused in a mimetic and metaphorical fashion. But I think of the Matrix and I think of the bit where Neo downloads martial arts, you know, and he's like, right, you need to go be a martial artist now. So he's like, All right, and he puts on a thing, and he goes, he goes, I know kung fu. Hmm. and uh, this is kind of like that this is kind of like that it's like you can take I've had so many people write to me about that Navarre record and how it's just really practically helped them to become wealthier in just like a month they're like just listening to that record and imbuing the messages within it and allowing them to penetrate the subconscious where they're going to do most of the work that's the main thing because it's your subconscious that's doing most of the stuff or um, what was that book I read? Thinking Fast and Slow. I call it System One and System Two thinking. System One thinking is the stuff that you kind of do unthinking, the subconscious stuff, the reaction, and that's what most of what you do is. Most of what you do is that. Particularly, the older you get, you create habit loops in everything you do, and most of your life becomes a kind of habit. It becomes an auto reflex to stuff. So, if you can program the subconscious to do what you want. Uh, if you can put those those messages and and goals and desires and things of that nature in the subconscious and have those working for you rather than shit that's just ended up there accidentally you're going to go a lot further a lot quicker and this is one way of doing that and i get just fucking tons and tons of letters of people who are like yeah that naval album i'm making loads more money now my business is doing way better Da da people like from the Watts stuff who people who who are now able to write, that couldn't write before or people writing novels and things of that nature. People with the piece and stuff having similar things. It's just I'm getting hundreds of messages every day and they're pretty much all saying the same thing, which is that. So yeah. Anyway, the point being is we're really, really, really at the beginning of this thing, but we've there's a very small amount of the potential, uh, beneficiaries of this that have been reached thus far. Yeah. So uh-huh. you
1: so you talk you, you mentioned it right now like the goal of having everybody be the best version of themselves really. and you obviously are you're, you're creating your music in order to help other people when did you come to that conclusion like was there in your own life where you were like this is going to be my goal like were there was there any point where you weren't thinking this way as a, as a kid or yeah. Well, I guess maybe more of your own backstory of like, when did you realize, you know, this is what I want to create. This is what I want to do. I want to be the best version of myself. Or were you always sort of geared that way?
0: Yeah. I don't know. Um, I always was a rugged individualist.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Always. And I always thought that the way you could best help the world was by being the, like, that which you wished existed and to be an example of that. And I found out very early that if you smile at people, then that makes them feel better. And then they smile at other people and then other people smile and so on and so forth, which is a really rudimentary thing. But it's, it's worth reminding ourselves of this. It's like, if you want to change the world for the better, probably the best thing you could do right now is go walk outside and smile at people.
1: (laughs) That's right. Yeah.
0: Like and mean it and make eye contact. Uh-huh. Mean it, you know? That's gonna have a way, way greater effect on the world than anything you could do on Twitter. Uh, and I think of Twitter it, it, in that way, that's what I try and use Twitter for these days, anyway, is like uh, to pass on useful stuff and uh, useful messages and useful practical ideas that could help people live better and stronger and less fearfully and more usefully and things of that nature. But anyway, I was, yeah, I always was that way. And when I was a very little kid, uh, I was very much myself and myself and my uniqueness and people around me didn't like that. So they would punch me in the face and I would be in fights every day of my life. But my reaction to it was not to get resentful and bitter and sad. It was to sort of become defiant in that and be that even more. And so that's what always happened.
1: What was the, fir- the first album in the genre? What, who, was this, who was the speaker that you used? And was that like the person that triggered you to start to create that?
0: Well, you know, like spoken word and music is a thing that existed long before me. So that is the genre of that. And I've been thinking that really needs a name. And I've been thinking about that. Because Meaning Wave is, is just is what I do. That's my brand and my Style in my world, and I think it's like a cinematic audio cinematic universe. And that began, I mean, I was making stuff that was audio, it was spoken word and beats on my first mixtapes back in like 2004, okay, 2003. I did the first online mixtapes ever, and they had that stuff in them. Um, but when i started realizing it was called meaning wave and started doing that was was around the time i was doing the the early JBP wave stuff and but i think the first time i used the, the word meaning wave was on a, uh, the first jocko project but the first full album would be would have been 12 rules for life back in february of 2018 ah there you go february 8 2018 which when that was released And then it was at the end of February that I started the hyper productivity thing, that the album came out in February. So February 2018 was an auspicious month for many reasons.
1: Yeah. And it's incredible because I know you mentioned in that Jordan Peterson podcast that some people have sent you messages that they've like stopped doing drugs. Oh, yeah. They've changed. They're not going to commit suicide. They've decided to not commit suicide because listening to, to your music. Is that like, did you expect that to occur or is that like sort of shocking to you?
0: <laughs> well, are you, I mean, I've people, as long as I've been making music, people have found it useful and I've had similar reactions. When I was making rap, purely rap music and I was rapping and I was relating my experience, no one was doing that at the time. Like people would just, within, within the rap world, uh, rap was quite conservative at that point and in an odd way. It was like, you can only talk about certain stuff and you can only dress a certain way. And it's very, very different now. But the th- what's happening now with the kind of post Little peak kind of emo, emotional rap movement, I was doing that in like 2002 or whatever. So people were like, oh man, this is really helpful to me because like, you know, you're admitting weakness or whatever it is on record. And I don't hear that in other places. Sure. So that's what was I was doing at that point. So I've been aware of the power of music to positively and usefully impact people for as long as I've been engaged with it. Uh, But the level at which this meaning wave stuff has been proving useful to people has been quite astounding. Like, like I said, it's like hundreds of messages a day at this point. And it's that kind of thing. It's like, this is either, this is really helping me or this got me off drugs. So many people got off heroin. I've got so many messages of people That's who got great. off heroin, which is beautiful. And, uh, people, you know, sorting out their relationships, people fixing their relationships with their wives and kids and all sorts of crazy stuff. But, you know, it's, it's the fuck, the power, the power of, of, of logos and music, you know, combine combine that. Combine those two things, man, it's like, we don't know what the upper limits of this thing are. We've barely scratched the goddamn surface. I feel that there are probably government laboratories like looking into this stuff and (laughs) not mentioning it at all. Because it's about the most powerful thing I've ever come across.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Well, I know I've I've been, like I'll go running outside, right? Like this summer I've, I've gone maybe three or four times running outside and I'll put in your tracks and I'm telling you, I get like a couple extra miles off the yeah. <laughs> the euphoria of like, you know, Jacko say something or Jordan Peterson say something and I'm just good.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that's why David Goggins says it's cheating. <laughs> and it kind of is. It's like, you know, it's like, uh, you know, it's like doing ayahuasca to reach that dimension, which can be, you can get there by like fucking. Fasting and meditating for seven years or something, but it's like, yeah, Oh, you could do that. Cume you're there. And, uh, music seems to be a bit like that. And, uh, yeah. it can help you to access those reserves of power and energy that everybody has, but people don't realize they have access to.
1: Sure. Yeah. What, do you, what do you listen to? You mentioned you keep current with the culture, but is there any artist or something that you listen to to in your own free time or?
0: Yeah, I mean, um, I've if you go on my Spotify, I have a number of playlists. Uh-huh. One of them, which is the Akira the Dons verified, is like where I put stuff that's kind of new that I'm listening to, and bits of old stuff. Yeah. You know, I, I, I listen to a lot of uh, sort of SoundCloud rap stuff of that nature. I listen to other lofi producers. I listen to uh, a lot of contemporary club stuff. Pop stuff, rap stuff. I keep, I keep in, I keep very much abreast of what's happening in the clubs like now, and I keep abreast of what's happening in the underground now. There's a lot of sort of YouTube channels that I listen to that are good. Music, like music journalism, is completely dead and useless, as Frank Zappa once said. Writing about music is like dancing about architecture. <laughs> but you know, nowadays you have these great people like Ryan Celsius and. Uh, Neotic and people like that on YouTube who have these channels that just curate music and uh-huh. they put out mixes and put out tracks and put out playlists in these places and you can go to these people who have great taste and uh, and listen to what's going on and uh, Yeah, so as far as new stuff is concerned, that's that's where I'm at as far as like individual actual specific artists uh, Who do I like this week? This week, I like Convoke, who's an interesting kind of post little peep kind of emo rapper. who's sort of half Russian American, he's very melodic. Okay. I like what he's doing. Uh, I like a lot. very good. Jin Sang is a brilliant producer. Uh, yeah, yeah, anyway, there's a ton of stuff. And as far as I also listen to older stuff and keep myself in touch with that, because that's also important. Yeah, you want to you be, you know, in the past and in the future and in the present. You want to be learning from the masters. You want to be learning from the new people who are doing brand new things that you would never have thought to do. You know, so yep. both of those are important.
1: You, there's one topic that I wanted to make sure I touched on you because you mentioned it in another podcast. You said it's the greatest time in recorded human history to be alive. Uh huh. Why do you feel that way?
0: Well, the reason I say recorded human history is because, you know, this might have happened before (laughs) (laughs) and it might have happened many times and uh, many times we might have got to this point and then wiped ourselves out and started again. So that's why I say recorded human history Uh There's a caveat. And the reason why this is the greatest time to be alive in recorded human history is kind of pretty fucking obvious if you like look out the window. In fact, the best, the way to check this is to step outside and if you don't get hit with a brick, uh, within four minutes, then there's your fucking proof. (laughs) Like if you wake up and you haven't been conscripted into some war, that's proof. Uh, if you can step out of your cozy bed and have a fucking shower, that is proof. Like miracles are all around us, and we take them for granted because humans are really, really good at adapting to their situation. I say, I always say, if there be if there was a zombie outbreak tomorrow, we'd be used to it by Monday. Yeah. You know, we'd all have we'd all have become accustomed to yeah. our new roles in the new world, and we'd act do accordingly.
1: Think, do you think that the Do you think that the music, like what you're doing, is can help people realize that? Like because yeah. what you describe, I, I agree with you, right? You're you're, you're of that, that we're in the greatest time to be alive. But why is it that so many people today seem like right depressed or anxious, or and how do they? You have any clues in on how they get snap out of that? Is it? Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's never been better, and it could be so much worse. Uh, as to quote the chorus from a new JVP word track, but um, when things are this good, people start to create problems. You know so you see that going on now it's like people have it so goddamn good they're just creating problems just a like, shit we need a problem we need something to moan about yikes uh, a lot of people lack purpose and lack meaning because we're at this point where kind of the structures that were in place before to just keep that rigidly there in an unquestioning fashion religion and things of that nature have been removed and people are having to create their own stuff which is why the the sort of the social justice thing has arisen uh it's a that's a religion for people you've got you know original sin is in there and, uh self-flagellation and all these aspects of kind of say hard, hardcore catholicism have been adopted by the godless in those forms uh so anyways it's easy when you have so much choice and abundance it's like when you're looking at netflix and you're like "Fuck, what do i watch Ugh. Uh, it just becomes a bit much and a bit overbearing and like the world can be like that for people it's just there's so much there's so much abundance so much you could be doing It's like what should i do you know so you Um,
1: you feel like they should take the approach like of what you've done it's like remove the friction you've almost removed some choices right
0: yeah you have to you have to you know one of my one of my first big records it was a song called i love living in the future and the way I made that song was my computer was fucking up that day. So I said, all right, I'm only allowed to use one drum machine and one synth to make the whole song because shit was going really slow. So I confined myself and then I made this track and it was the, the biggest record I'd done to that point. Like limitations uh, always create uh, opportunity and greatness. you know. Yeah. Uh,
1: what, what's been the reaction of the people that you, that you sample? Like, I know Jordan Peterson obviously seems like he's been very happy about it, but what about Jacko and Naval? And-
0: yeah, you know, you know the Naval, bless him, uh, was hung out in the chat of the YouTube video when we that right? launched that album. Yeah, you like unannounced. He could just came and hung out in the chat when the album was premiering on YouTube and answered everybody's questions, which is fucking crazy. You know, people were asking some really in-depth questions and he was answering everyone's questions. He hung out in there for an hour and a half. Uh,
1: do you have to ask them for permission for the audio or you?
0: Yeah, if I'm releasing it, if I'm putting it out yep. in an official fashion, then I need to get their permission. Uh, when I, it's one of these funny things. It's like when I started, it was all just cowboy. Just do what you want, you know, put it on YouTube. Um, but now we're operating at a higher level. So yeah, that's yeah. important. Uh, and also I really wouldn't want to put things out if people didn't like it because I want this thing to be an accurate representation of the people who I'm sampling, you know? So if they didn't think it was, then that would mean it wasn't possibly. So I shouldn't be doing it. But yeah, I mean, you know, like Naval loved it. Uh, he used the word genius to describe it, which was obviously ridiculously high praise coming from him. Uh, Jocko has been really pro it and, uh, has been astoundingly nice and uh, accommodating. And you know, he tweets it a lot and stuff of that nature. So yeah, obviously that that's wonderful. You couldn't get a better compliment to your work than say with the Naval project, Naval not only loving it, not only considering it to be in his word genius, to then tweet it all over the place and then hang out in the chat room talking to fans and stuff. And, yeah, it's amazing. It's beautiful cool stuff, man. It's a fucking dream, man.
1: The dream, <laughs> a dream.
0: It's a beautiful, beautiful dream.
1: That's right. Yeah. Do, you, do you feel like do you have that uh, viewpoint of life? Like you, you're creating your own reality. Like, yep. Or have you? Did you? Have you seen all of this play out already in your mind? Or are you just like, are you one of those type of people that you're envisioning these things, and you, yeah. you feel like you can create those outcomes?
0: Yeah, it seems to be the case. It does seems to be the case. And here's the thing, I haven't really gone in on that as hard as I could at all. And whenever I have, it's worked. So yeah, that's a thing. That's a thing. Like I said, it's just like we haven't we barely scratched the surface of this thing. Yeah. You know, with with uh with visualization and manifestation and stuff like that, it's good to start small. And then build, and then you go. Oh shit, this works. Oh shit, this really works. Oh shit, this really really works. The house we live in now, my wife manifested. It was very weird. Is that she, right?
1: like, you just she... moved into the house? Right. I remember you tweeted that you you bought yeah. your first house that you bought. Is that right? We
0: didn't buy it; we're renting. But um, it's the first house where my son's got his own bedroom.
1: <laughs> nice. Well, congrats.
0: But... But it Literally, my wife manifested it to the point that she wrote down a list of stuff that we would like in a new house. And within two days, it appeared at such a bizarrely specific level. Just so ridiculously specific. To the point where it's like one thing she'd written down. She didn't really mean it that specifically, but it came out completely specifically. So then it's like, shit, you've got to be careful what you wish for, man. You've got to be careful what you wish for. So, yeah. Think big. But be careful about what you're thinking about.
1: <laughs> I found that yeah, there's a so I did I just re-aired the Men of Character conference and one of the talks is how to ask for anything and actually get it. Uh-huh. That was his the speaker's point. Like, well, not that you can like say something and, and get it automatically, but his point was that people actually don't ask clear questions. They're very yeah. vague. They're just like, I want a better job, I want more money, instead of saying Oh, I want to be director of so and so at this company. Like, be more, be more specific in your in your questions, and yeah. the world will be better. will 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 actually respond with a better answer, something closer to what you're asking for.
0: Yeah, We'll ask a stupid question, you what you get. <laughs> you know, and, uh, right. it really, really, really is that way, and it's because people are afraid. You know, you're afraid to be specific because you're afraid of uh, ah. of a specific loss and a specific rejection. So like a vague request, if it's a vague loss, it's okay. You know what I mean? It's, it really is that, it's people operating out of fear. And I know this because I've fucking done it myself like time and time again. And then when I've not done that, when I've been specific, it's specifically worked and does specifically work. And it's like, it was kind of like what I was talking about earlier, part, it's a, it's a, the whole manifestation thing can sound very, very woo.
1: Uh-huh.
0: You know, and sound very, very non scientific and hippie and silly and all, you know. It's about programming your subconscious. It's about programming system one to do what you consciously want. It's about programming the unconscious for your conscious desires because your unconscious or system one is doing most of the work. And if system one does not have a specific objective, uh it's still doing stuff. It's still doing shit. So if you've unspecifically given it some vague instructions, it will carry those out to whatever is the most specific seeming outcome after that. Or it will be doing like what's programming from other things, from other people, from what you've watched on TV or what you're listening to on the radio without thinking about it. It'll be doing that shit and making that shit real. It'll be making that stuff come about. You won't even fucking know. So all of this stuff, whether it's affirmations or whether it's like, Uh, chaos magic and all these various things its just ways of programming the subconscious to do what you want
1: yep well I think I'm I'm all out of questions but how I guess my last question is um, what in what ways will you be attempting to program us in the future here so you mentioned Jordan Peterson is there anything else that we should be on the lookout for
0: yeah Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of stuff. Like I said, you know, the Meaning Wave universe is at its early stages. Think of it like the MCU and think about it at the beginning of that. You had fucking Iron Man and then you put the Avengers together and stuff. And then it starts to go out into space and tell bigger and bigger stories. And that's that's what we're doing. So we've got some very, very big cosmic characters coming in in the near future that are going to help us to accelerate our transition from chrysalis to butterfly. I
1: feel like you're gonna drop uh, Tony Robbins on us or somebody.
0: Well, here's the thing. I mean, we've got some, I, I don't wanna really like uh, give anything away. What I found, I, you know, learned this from Ghostface many, many years ago, he's like, you know, talk less and do more. He's like, uh-huh. and he, I, remember, I can't remember exactly what he said, but he, something he'd realized in his life is when he, when he talked about projects before they happened, that would tend to sort of stop them from happening in a weird way oh, or no. create trouble or create problems or whatever. So, anyway, um, there's some amazing, huge stuff coming up. I've got two albums done and ready to go right now. And I'm, I have like, I've got like years and years and years and years worth of stuff um, sort of planned. <laughs> and uh, it's going to be a great mix. Well, what we're trying to do here, and you can kind of see this in what's come out this year, is I I sort of swing from uh, a pendulum of uh, sort of hypothetical or or what you would do in the mind to practical. Uh Very, 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 very practical. Because I think that's very important. A lot of this sort of stuff is conjecture. A lot of this stuff is like people talking about ideas, but you need to be able to practically apply them to your real, real day-to-day life.
1: And you know, you view the David Goggins and Jocko is the more practical.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Jocko uh, is incredibly.
1: More theoretical ideas based.
0: Yeah, you know, someone like yeah, someone like Alan Watts is dealing with matters of the mind. Someone like Joseph Campbell's dealing with you know the archetypical and things of that nature. And it's like, how do you put these things into your actual day to day life? So you've got to be able to dream it, and then you've got to be able to do it. You know, uh huh. You've got to. You've got to be able to execute. So that's a big part of it. And that's, you know, that's where some people get it messed up. And it's like, for example, when um, there was all that talk of the IDW. Uh, I felt that it was lacking practicality. Yeah. And I felt that people Dark
1: web the whole all these. Yeah, yeah.
0: In- the intellect is, is a powerful thing and it's a useful thing. But it's like, I don't know who said it. Sometimes it's, it's ascribed to Plato. But the idea, the what was it? The quote that the ideal citizen is the warrior poet.
1: Yeah, you
0: know, because uh, the intellectuals just spend too much time in the mind. Sure, the body suffers, and the, then you've got these people who spend too much time on the body, but not in the mind, and that suffers. And yep. you need a unity of the two. And it's a movement I'm seeing quite a lot. Like a lot of the people who like my music are really hardcore gym people. Uh-huh. But they're also very cognizant. There's this huge movement of people right now who are like micro dosing psychedelics in the gym, really hardcore, like super super weightlifting. <laughs> who are like really <laughs> into yeah. Marcus Aurelius and like sort of like stoicism and like Alan Watts and people and Terence McKenna and people like that. Uh-huh. There's this big kind of mind body spirit re reemergence thing going on right now, and that's going to be really important going forward. And you know, if each one of us, the, the body and the mind and the spirit, uh, you got to, All of these things need to be focused on and need to be exercised. Yeah. Need to be in harmony for us to be congruently useful out here in the world. So that's what that's what we're going to try to do moving forward. Is really fucking right. can...
1: Yeah, a lot of what what I've been doing with men of character. I don't know how how familiar you are because I think we just I started following you and then you followed me back. Maybe couple of weeks ago but yeah. it is more around the right like I think Peterson all the clean up your room like all of that is a starting point yeah and I and I really like so the whole co- my whole conference was around like all right how do you go beyond that how do you actually wh- which is I think what you're talking about you call yourself a rugged individualist but why mm-hmm. my point on that is like you what I think what's missing in society is we're not building our own character and building your own character means you're building your your actual self, like who mm-hmm. you truly are, but uh, but to the point of like the most potential that you could be. Um, yeah, That's been, in, uh, so I'm working on some other stuff to try to make it more practical where I work with people more directly. Obviously Jordan Peterson is impacting millions of people, but he can't work with people on a smaller level. So I do feel like one of the things that I find exciting is, you know either through twitter or through other things that i'm gonna do in the future i don't want to ruin them like like you said you know, <laughs> is helping people more practically and and getting that all right you've got your your room clean how do you now what is it what's your purpose in life and how do you go and, and begin to to integrate like you said the mind the body the spirit and so i think okay. that a lot of people you're right a lot on twitter the community that you know, that I've found on Twitter, the good parts of Twitter has been a lot of, around that, where they do respect the intellect, but they still realize they're practical enough where they're like, oh, you got to apply it. And if you don't apply it, then actually it doesn't really mean anything, you know, then it's just yeah. philosophy, it's not practice. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's a crazy, crazy time. It's a crazy time witnessing all that sort of thing. You know, like the rise of jujitsu, the amount of people who are really into that nowadays, and really actively involved in that. I can't remember who was saying recently. It's like it's now dangerous to like bully people in school because you might be bullying at somebody who's really good at jujitsu, you might get fucked up. It's not like it used to be, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And that sort of stuff is only going to keep in- increasing. It's like you were saying, like the genie is out of the bottle. You can't go back to hustler, you know. And once you've experienced life. On that level, you can't go back. Yeah, you know, it's just. Why would you want to do that? Uh, yeah. So, what what you're doing is just a necessary thing right now. On uh, on this path, you know, it's it's so many of these things are becoming cliches, but that's good. But the way you save the world. Is by first making yourself into the best version of yourself, then yes. helping other people do the same, and then everybody does that. You're in a fucking incredible. <laughs> you're in a fucking in a world of superhumans, that's and true. not very many people will therefore need helping. And those that do need helping, we have them resources to help them. You know, and they have examples. You know, you need examples. You need to be able to look to people. So that's why it's really important for you to like live. Uh, A, congruently, but like, you know, live the examples you're talking about. So that's why philosophers who are or sort of like intellectuals who are, say, out of shape cause problems because it's like, well, you're obviously not living to all this stuff you're talking about. You're not practicing it. So
1: yeah,
0: it's hard to fully engage with something or someone when they're obviously not like living up to their own ideals or whatever, you know, yeah. Well,
1: so you what can- I what I found was in my own experience, like. What I was trying to do was trying to – so I didn't have a great, like, male role model. My father was – had his own issues, drugs, alcohol, his own mental illness. Great person, like the great heart, but yes. was never what I would call, like, a good man. So what I think what happened to me was on my own path to – my own journey to find out what it takes to be a good man, I think I sort of became one, and then I realized, holy crap, the pe- there's actually other people that need – What I just realized. Yeah, but it's a weird thing where where the problem that I solved I might be able to help other people. So I'm not saying I'm a a father figure, but it's like somebody to at least like play some of that mentoring role or guidance role because I might be a step ahead of you, and or you could be a step ahead of me on another spot. Um, But that's been exactly
0: exactly. And it's you know the the new Peterson JBP Wave record is called Father. Uh huh. Uh, kind of about that there's a it's a lot to do with the, the role of the father uh, the actual father the spirit of the father uh, the disembodied sort of spirit of the father across time uh, all these various various aspects and you know it's because it's, we're at this point where this incredible amount of children have been raised without fathers yeah and then they're being raised without positive male role models in like they aren't in school and they aren't in society at large and all the TV shows, the dudes are all morons, bumbling drunks yep. uh, and just, yeah. But you could sit here moaning about that or you could do something. You could go out there and be like a useful, fully congruent embodied uh, father. Yep. You know, you could go, just go out there and be that. And obviously, you know, that's what you're doing. And I see a lot of people, in the Twitter world doing that uh, and we're starting to see that filter out into the world again so
1: that's awesome I'm, I'm super that's excited to, to hear it um, well this has been fantastic and I wanted to just thank you for, for taking the time again and thank you for what you're doing you have you've helped me immensely personally so I just wanted to thank you face to face here um, any last last things to mention or or things that you want to say
0: no man no, uh, just, you know, you keep doing what you're doing because it's, it's, it's needed and useful and just Thank increasingly, you. increasingly so. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very, very, I'm very proud of this community. Shout out to PewDiePie. I'm very proud of this community. There's some wonderful, wonderful things going on and it's really, I saw there's this Jordan Peterson documentary coming out, uh-huh. rise, The Rise of Jordan Peterson. It's coming out and they, the people who made it sent me a screener of it and it's really amazing because it's a bit like the uh hugo chavez situation where that documentary about him it was because the people just happened to be there doing a documentary about something and then they were there when the coup happened so there's this uh-huh. great documentary and it was the case with this documentary the people who made it were just interested in peterson because they liked maps of meaning
1: <laughs> Is that-
0: and they were filming him around 2016 15 or whatever it was 2016 and then everything kicked off so oh, wow. they happened to be there, and then they just kept following him around. But it's it's 2019 now. It's a, basically a, it's a document of the past three years. And the world has changed so much. And so much is, in regards to all the stuff we've been talking about, so much is, it, it's so different now to what it was just three years ago. Yeah. Just what we could do in the next year, the next two years, the next three years, That's the next year, where we could be, is very, very exciting. And you know, there's a constant bombardment of misery and negativity from the old system, from the old media, and from the old. But it's, it doesn't matter. You can ignore that and just focus on building, and focus on being useful, and focus on what we're doing, on the work, on the potential, on the glory. And shit, what we could do in a couple of years, where we could be, is it's just, it's just amazing to
1: think. No, you're 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 a hundred percent right. And- the last year for me personally has been so I did the conference it was like forty interviews like similar like we're doing here, and then I created a watch. Probably wasn't the smartest business decision, but I did it. <laughs> <laughs> it's been fun though, and I have my own silver and gold watches, men of character. Wow! Book. Yeah, so that was cool. And then I, then I wrote a book in thirty-seven days. It's like yeah. a nine-page book, like my kids could read that. It has all my political thoughts, my self-development thoughts, my religious thoughts. And I did all of this in a year, and I'm 36 years old. I can't even, like, I'm not as productive as, (laughs) I don't know how many people could do 12 out. but I guess what I'm saying is what I've seen in the last year of myself, being able to just focus. Exactly. Just forget about the BS and just say, no, 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 well, just open the Word document and start typing.
0: What would you be like? What would you be be like like if you stopped? Wasting oh, time I listen to that so much, but it's real. It's so real. Yeah. And it's like when you start doing that in your life and you instantly see the changes and then you're like, well shit, I could refine this a bit more and this a bit more and this, all this dead wood to burn off and you keep burning it off. You keep, burning, right. it off, you keep burning it off, you keep going. It's like when you have a, you, you have your room and you notice that the door handle is a bit dirty. So you get one of those Mr. Muscle, little white magical, what a magical thing. What are those things called? They're incredible.
1: Yeah, yeah, no. You're little white sponges.
0: Little light are, <laughs> Dude, they're amazing. You get one of those, you clean the clean the little light switch. And then you're like, oh, shit, the wall is actually dirty. So then you clean the wall and then you're like, oh, fuck, that corner's down. And you just keep going. And the more you do it, the more you clean, the more you see there is to do. And that's fucking cool. Yeah. And then, you've done that, then you can start putting pictures up. Then you can start like getting like you know matching fucking sofas and shit. And like, boom, you don't know what you can do. Oh, my God.
1: No, it's crazy.
0: And then we all start doing it, and you see your homies start doing it, you know, and people you respect start doing it, and they start. That. For example, look at Pete himself. Look at the difference in him. Yep. From now, the him at the beginning of the documentary that's still drinking Diet Coke and he's all sort of swelling up around the face, and like you look at him now, and he's a fucking machine. <laughs> he's a fucking lion. He's a warrior. He looks better now than he does. He looks better now than he did twenty years ago. Yeah years ago you know and uh, everybody can do it man and I'm seeing so many people doing it all over the place and the more people do it you know
1: it's true there's no I don't know I, I think there's no much nor greater like beautiful thing than seeing a human being turn something around like themselves right it's just a, like one of the nicest things to witness somebody it is. struggling to then be in a good in a good spot and it and it right. Yeah. It inspires you. It, it shows you that, that it's possible.
0: No and one could be cynical about that. There's certain stories like the success story, the fat to thin or whatever, you know, the, those things, it's like everybody loves that shit. You could be the most sort of hardened, bitter, right? but like there's just these little human success stories that they shine in such a fashion that almost all of us uh, can resonate with that and, and be inspired by that and, in, and enjoy that in a, in a magical way.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, that's why Goggins is such a powerful story. Goggins is like a crazy oh, yeah. fucking, he's like a crazed fucking Schwarzenegger movie, <laughs> like ridiculous exaggeration of that, the fat to thin guy, you know, he's like, he's the fuck, he just turned himself to the superhero monk. And he just tells you how he did it. He goes on it and he just repeats. He's
1: intense, it. man. Yeah, he's intense. That one, uh, "Taking Souls." Yeah, that's so good. You got you got his vibe so well on that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a glorious. That's a joyful part of it. It's like you know, tuning into the the human and trying to work out what the sound is and what the what it sounds like, what the, what the musical expression of what they're up to is. uh,
1: Is that that how you start those tracks? Do you already think like, all right, I got this speaker and you you think of the different ideas that you could pull out of it or, or you just start listening and then it comes together? How does that work?
0: The way it works these days is like each record, I go, okay, I'm doing this person. What are they? And so I listen to a lot of them. I go, what do they sound like? And I work out in my head what they sound like and then I sketch out little ideas of those sounds and I put together a kind of sonic mood board of of the sound of that person uh, and that happens pretty fast. You go, okay, that's the sound. And it's also, you have the sound of the person, then it's the sound of the individual project related to that person. So like there's a kind of overall sound for say Peterson, but then there's specific sound for each particular project. Guess you know? it. So it's, that's the way I, and I so I, I batch everything, you know? So I listen a lot, then I put together the, the sonic mood board, then I'll put together like a kind of uh, like a template I'll put together drum kits and synthesizers and little sounds and things that are going to be the things I'm using for the record, then I make the tracks up to a certain point and I get that all together, then I mix them all, all together, Uh, then I master them all kind of all together type thing. I'll do it all in in like batches, like I was saying, it helps from refraction, it helps you stay, stay in the micro zone of the macro zone, doing it in that fashion.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. Perfect brother. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you and, and thank you once again, man. This has been awesome. I, I've been I've enjoyed it and I, I've loved picking at your your brain here and getting better understanding of how you approach work and, and what you're doing. It's inspiring stuff and I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, likewise, G. All right. Right. Likewise.